Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Let's go. It is week one. We have real football tonight, y'all. If you're listening to it on Thursday morning, oh my goodness, we have football that matters. I am so so excited. It's going to be all weekend long sitting in front of the TV and watching some football. My favorite way to spend the weekend. We have an awesome episode today of the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Before we get into all that, I have to make sure I shout out our awesome website, ballblastfootball.com. We have an amazing group of writers over there that are putting out consistent content, and they'll be putting out weekly series throughout the entire season. You won't want to miss out on those. Make sure to hit that five-star mark on your Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us so much. And it helps us so much that we want to reward those um, that leave us an awesome review. So each week we are picking out our favorite review and we're we're giving out a free Ball Blast t-shirt. So this week, our favorite review comes from Dusty Western. Um, He or she said, best eavesdropping conversation ever. Have you ever sat at a bar? or someplace and listen to some really interesting conversations. That is essentially what it's like to listen to the crew discuss fantasy football. Such a great and dynamic crew that makes you wish you could sit at the table with them and share a beverage. Their insight helped me win some money in redraft leagues last year and plan to do the same with their savvy insights this year as well. Thank you, Dusty Western. We very much very appreciate sweet. your support. Uh, so make sure to send us over your information about you know your address, your shirt size, and we'll get that t-shirt over to you ASAP. All right, guys, we have so much news and notes to get through, and it's just week one. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This first one makes my heart hurt already. Austin Eckler did not practice today. It was listed as a hamstring injury. We just got the news of it. We don't know how serious it is. Like tomorrow, maybe he can come back and practice fully and he'll be fine. But hamstring injuries, I feel like you don't normally see one pop up and then they're just like, okay, I'm good. Like it's like they linger. They linger. I can't, I can't have this happen to my boy Austin Eckler again. I need him to be healthy. So let's it hurts just my up. hamstring for him. Like yeah. I am vicariously hurting now in my lower leg region or upper leg region. I know where hamstrings are. Fun fact, when he suffered whatever said injury, I got a twinge in my hamstring. Uh, it was like a, a sympathy hamstring that I pulled. Yeah. It was very scary. I would honestly give my hamstring to him for like, for real, for real. Like I really, really would. I cannot have him miss many games. I have him too many places and he should be amazing, but just keep an eye out for him. If he doesn't practice uh, Thursday or Friday, make sure to get him out of your lineup uh, because that's just going to be a tricky one. The Ravens signed 
Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. So not to their active roster, to their practice squad. Now, I definitely assume that sooner or later he'll be promoted to the active roster. You know, they, they need to add more depth with J.K. Dobbins out. Does this signing hurt Gus Edwards, or is this kind of like a good case scenario? Yeah, of all the options out there, right, that could have been signed, I don't feel like Love Bell is at the top of anybody's scaredy cat list. You know, we're like, oh, no, he's there. It's not It's not 2015 Love Bell. It's fine. He'll catch some passes, like eight probably, and Gus will still be fine. Yeah, I mean, they don't really pass to the running back anyway. It's not like there's going to be a lot of fantasy points funneled off because of losses there specifically, I think. We're all good. Gus Bus still rolling. This signing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I feel like his play style does not fit in with the Ravens' offensive system and how they run the ball. Like, I don't really get it. I, I don't really get the signing, so I'm not worried. I think Gus Edwards is much better uh, fit. He's a much better fit for this offense, and he's just going to be the guy. He, he of course, won't get all of the carries in this backfield. That was never going to happen, but I do think his workload increases dramatically from last year, and he's going to be a very solid fantasy option. Moving on, the Saints released running back Latavius Murray. Now, Latavius Murray, he may have been the backup last year behind Elvin Kamara, but he's still got a lot of work. Does that work now go to Tony Jones Jr., who is now the backup? Or does it just go to Alvin Kamara and he sees a big increase in carries? Or is it Taysom Hill? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no yeah. not Taysom Hill. <laughs> I'm going to laugh my booty off if uh, Taysom Hill is, is the, now the, starting the RB2. <laughs> <laughs> please no no tony jones i mean good for him uh and if he does well and gets like a respectable number of carries these first couple of weeks adam just in case he does i guess but no i mean it's the alvin Kamara show he's gonna get even more of a workload than he would have already i agree uh, i just think this bumps up alvin Kamara even more and even you know tony jones jr will get some carries don't get me wrong uh but Latavius Murray last year wasn't all that fun to start in fantasy. And I don't really see Tony Jones Jr. Um, you know, being that much better than Latavius Murray, where he's going to be this like guy that you want to have on your roster, or, and especially that you want to start. So uh, I just think this bumps up Elvin Kamara. We'll see what Tony Jones Jr. can do, but I'm not expecting a whole lot from him unless, you know, something happens to Kamara, which would be very, very sad for fantasy and for him. Next up, according to James Palmer, this is an interesting one. Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay are expected to see most of the work in what he calls a run-heavy Texans attack, which doesn't, uh, sure. I mean, they're going to be losing so much. How much can you really run? But whatever. But Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay is who he expects to be the main guys there. What in the world happened to David Johnson? Where is he at? Um, and are we starting any of these guys? Because they're going up against the Jaguars this week. That's a very juicy matchup. Normally, you want to start any running back going up against that defense. But, like, who is it? Is it Mark Ingram? Is it Philip Lindsay? Like, can it be David Johnson? What do we do, Jake? Uh, we, we stay away. We stay away as much as we possibly can from this entire backfield here. If anybody, I've always been the closest thing to a David Johnson truther this show has, but, you know, that's only because he's going to get a handful of targets maybe. 
as dump-offs in the backfield, and he should be the third down guy. But no, I'm not going to risk him getting me five points, which is also very likely. Uh, in this slop fest, I am just staying away. If you have to start, like, if you have to start either or any of these running backs, something has already gone very, very, very terribly wrong for you. And I mean, we're, we're going to try to get you back from that. We really are, but give us some time. We might need a couple of weeks to get you back on track if this was the case. Uh, if I am in desperate need of one of these guys to uh, sit in my RB slot, I'm looking uh, for literally any other options. Yeah, I'm really not. I really don't want to start any of these guys. I'm not saying one of them can't have a decent enough fantasy day where you wish they were in your lineup, but I think picking out the right one is going to be hard. Uh, I would rather just see how this backfield plays out before I have to start anybody um, on this team. One running back I would actually rather start than that group of guys is another gross name. It's Tevin Coleman. Uh for he's on the Jets now, by the way, if you didn't know, and he's listed as the RB1 on the Jets depth chart heading into week one versus the Panthers, which is a pretty nice, you know, matchup. It's definitely not one you have to shy away from. I think they're going to lean on the run a little bit. Like you have Zach Wilson in his very first start. You can't just throw it, you know, 40 times in this game. They're going to have to run it. Mike LaFleur's system is coming from the Kyle Shanahan system, which has been very friendly to running backs and opens up a lot of space for them. Uh, he's familiar with Tevin Coleman. Like I would rather start Coleman than have to start an Ingram or a Lindsay or a David Johnson. Yeah, it's gross. And how did we get here? How did we get to Tevin Coleman being the starting running back on yet another team? I don't know, but I don't like it. Michael Carter, I was kind of excited for him at one point. Uh, it seems like that's going to have to wait at least a little bit. Yeah, I guess Coleman versus the Texan running backs. Sure, I'll start Coleman. I don't think Coleman's a bad play in DFS either. He's going to be super, super cheap. Um, so if you need a, a cheaper running back option, I do think he could be a sneaky start, obviously a super low floor. Um, but I, I do think he could surprise people in week one. Um, and then a lot of people will spend money on or, you know, use their waiver priority or spend money in, in fab on Tevin Coleman. And then I think he's going to massively disappoint them, but that's my kind of prediction for how this week one goes there. Uh, another running back that you might have to find a replacement for, but maybe not because good news has come out. Lions head coach Dan Campbell said DeAndre Swift will play this week against the 49ers, and he was a full participant in practice, so that's really good. He's been dealing with a groin injury. It's just like, are we worried about how much he's going to play? And then also the matchup kind of sucks. Like, I don't really want to start him against the 49ers defense. Uh, and then, you know, him have limited stops because he's just coming back from this injury. Ugh. I think there's enough upside for him that, like, yeah, I think you're going you, to have to play him. If you roster DeAndre Swift, I think you just sort of eat it. And what I would do there is, you know, obviously start him in your lineup, but construct your lineup for this week in a way that, uh, you know, you're setting the expectation low for DeAndre Swift out of the gate. Maybe in your flex, uh, you play a high upside option as opposed to a safer safer floor uh which will maybe balance that out a bit i like that yeah if you drafted deandre swift you're starting him just like kate said and he should be fine he, he should get the targets he should be all right just a little worried about him that's all 
Uh, another guy that doesn't seem like you can start whatsoever, even if he plays, Curtis Samuel, um, new wide receiver there over in Washington. He pulled up on a route in practice and went straight to the sidelines. He's been dealing with a groin injury pretty much this entire summer. He finally came back and then instantly had to go back out. Um, JP Finley of NBC Sports actually said he's only practiced one time in the last four months because of this groin injury. So bad. Yeah, that's, that's so bad. That's really, really bad. And am I saying if he plays, there's a 0% chance he can do anything? No, there's people who do this with injuries and they come out and they surprise us all. But I'm not taking that risk whatsoever. There's no way you drafted Curtis Samuel and have to start him. Like, that's not, you don't have to start him. Just sit him. If he goes off, just be happy you have him on your roster. But it's, it's doubtful at this point that he'll even play. One guy that is going to play, which we all thought would miss a large chunk of the season, Carson Wentz was a full participant in practice today, and he's going to play in week one. Like, shocker. Apparently, he learned how to heal quicker uh, with a new team. I mean, it's the Frank Reich uh, magic hands, uh, spirit fingers. Um, that sounded weird. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I Mr. Mean, Miyagi, I uh, yeah, like the, the magic hands. Yes, right? we do That's know. I mean, here. there was obviously a reason that he was so desperate to get back to him. Um, this is fantastic news for anybody rostering anybody on the Colts, but I'm. it's still uh, very questionable as to what this offense is going to look like aside from Jonathan Taylor. I mean... Yeah, I don't want to start Carson Wentz this week. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't start him. I want to see what in the world happens. I'm not starting any of the wide receivers. I want to see how that target share um, ends up. Like, if you leave some points on the bench in week one, it's okay. Like... Then you find out which bench players are actually usable and who you're excited to have. Like you don't need to, you, you know, you don't need to play all of your risky players in week one just in case they break out. Like just let's see how it plays out in week one. Play the guys we already know um, what their workload will look like and leave the risky players on your bench there. Um, one guy that I actually think is a good idea to pick up and have on your bench if you have um, the space, which I'll talk about that in a second. So Joe Judge, the head coach for the Giants, uh, indicated that Kadarius Toney, their rookie wide receiver they drafted in the first round, could have a significant role in week one. You know, Kenny Galladay still dealing with the injury. Evan Ingram uh, is, could miss the game. Saquon Barkley um, could see a limited role coming back from this ACL tear. Um, so we could see Kadarius Toney have a, a pretty large role, get some targets this week. And if he even has just an okay game, if he puts up 50 receiving yards in week one, like people are going to want him off waivers and then you're going to have to fight for him um, and, and try to win him that way. So I say if you are if you have a second kicker, if you have a second defense, if you have an older vet that's just like, meh, he doesn't have really a ceiling, like I want to go pick up Kadarius Toney. If he does something in week one, awesome. You have him on your, you know, have him on your bench already. If he doesn't do anything, then... Sure, you can drop him or maybe hold on a few more weeks to see if he does anything, but I I want to pick him up right now just in case he breaks out. But don't start him. That's not, not what I'm saying. Him. Yeah, let, don't start him. Whoa, Nelly. Have him on your bench <laughs> just in case he has a good game. Start Sterling Shepard. You can do that. Let him, let him into your lineup if you have to, but not Tony. Yes. I don't know. I might prefer to start like Kadarius Tony over 
you know, one of these Texans running backs at this point. I said, <laughs> I said for anybody out there getting desperate enough to do that, uh, this is probably the guy that you should be picking up this week is a Kadarius Tony, uh, maybe a guy with a little bit of upside, big time athlete. Apparently, uh, you know, he started off the preseason real slow. He wasn't practicing a lot. He got COVID and then they brought him along so slowly, but apparently he's been impressing, uh, the team and the coaches a lot lately. I liked him coming out of college. Um, think he can be a good slot receiver in the league, but Honestly, Sterling Shepard might be the flex play to go with here. Like, I think he can have a real solid game. The Broncos defense, I I think, will be kind of hard, though. So let's just see how it plays out. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy football this season. We are so excited to be partnering with Thrive Fantasy. It's a cool and awesome daily fantasy sports eSports app. But guess what? It's not your typical daily fantasy football. Don't worry about the salary caps. Don't worry about any of that. With Thrive, you eliminate all the hours and hours and hours of research. And guess what? You just you just look at the player props they have available. They have all of the props available for your top-tier athletes that are going to have the biggest impact on the game you're choosing. So you just go in, you pick 10 out of the 20 available prop bets, you build a lineup with them, and uh, basically, if you if you get your props right and you score the most points, you win the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prize money for NFL Week 1. They have already awarded over $4 million to players, and guess what? When you use promo code BALLBLAST, when you sign up and make your first deposit, you will receive 100% first deposit match up to $100. That is right. It is basically $100 free dollars uh, if you're going to play that way. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the Apple Store, Play Store, or go ahead, visit their site, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up. That's promo code BALLBLAST at thrivefantasy.com. All right, it's time. Scrumptious starts of the week. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake. Now, before we get into your first scrumptious start, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. We're not going to say Patrick Mahomes. We're not going to say Josh Allen. We're not going to say Kyler Murray. Like, those are guys you're playing, and they're probably going to be scrumptious, right? Like, so uh, we won't be saying the elite studs uh, in any of these upcoming podcasts, but especially today. So Jake, talk us through your first guy. Who's your first quarterback that you are so excited to start in your lineups in week one? And I feel like this might even be a borderline obvious scrumptious situation, but I'm going to go with the semi-obvious scrumptious anyways and say that Ryan Tannehill is looking very good for week one. He gets to play the Arizona Cardinals, which have, without a doubt, the worst-looking cornerback situation in the league right now. Ah, it is I don't know. rough. It is rough. Okay, let okay. Worst bottom three. Can yeah, we yeah. Bottom bottom they're, three? Com- they're competing okay. heavily with the Detroit Lions. I think. <laughs> that is fair, but it's not a good situation no matter how you slice it. Um, on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, as you mentioned, he's going to keep them in this thing. He's going to keep firing away, so the points are going to be stacked up. 
Titans are going to have to compete in that way, but he gets A.J. Brown. He gets uh, Julio Jones now to aid him in this venture, and I think it's going to be one of the bigger shootouts in Week 1. The Titans have the fourth highest implied point total by Vegas, so that already says they're expecting a lot of points. Multi-touchdown game for Ryan Tannehill. I love that, and I love Julio Jones in this game, and I love A.J. Brown, um, as long as he's healthy and playing. Uh, I just I love that play right there. Ryan Tannehill is going to ball out. My scrumptious start of the week at quarterback is Jalen Hurts. Shocker, I know. I've been talking about him all offseason long. I won't pick him every week, I promise, but this week one matchup is too amazing. He's going up against the Falcons. Uh, I already said everything about Hurts. I think he's going to have a much better season as a passer. Um and guess what? It didn't really matter last year that he was a bad passer. He scored 92 fantasy points in his first four starts. Uh, that's the fourth most points by a rookie quarterback in his first four starts in NFL history behind only Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and Robert Griffin third. Shocker, they're all super mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and Jalen Hurts is just going to ball out against this Falcons defense. That sucked last year so bad. They allowed the most passing yards and tied for the third most passing touchdowns allowed in 2020. And on top of that, the Falcons allowed the six most yards per rushing attempt to quarterbacks. Uh, 5.3 yards per carry allowed to quarterbacks last year. I think Jalen Hurts is going to... Uh, eat up this defense. They really didn't do all that much to fix it. I am very excited to roll him out there. And, you know, Taysom Hill destroyed them last year. He put up 24 points against the Falcons in each matchup against the Falcons. Like, I think Jalen Hurts will do the same thing. I mean, does the loss of Julio Jones, like, affect um, maybe your view of, like, the number of points scored for the Falcons? Or are you pretty sure that Kyle Pitts just steps in week one and he's like, I got this boys and just wrangles that entire offense. Like, is it, is Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley enough to move the needle? Because even at the running back position, there are still question marks. Like we, we can't really rely on this run game. Um, I think it is going to have to work through the air if at all. Um, just what do you think about the point total in this game to force that into a favorable situation? I'll actually be talking about that a little bit later in my fades. Ooh. So, but um, yeah, I, I'm not really worried about what the Falcons do. I just know their defense sucks, and that's all that really matters. Uh, Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week at quarterback? This is uh, going to be an interesting one, folks. A very interesting one. I'm rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo. Love Jimmy it. G, baby. Uh, he... Might not be long for your fantasy football lineups, but I actually am starting him in a couple of leagues where maybe um, my starting quarterback, like I waited uh, late and maybe my uh, quarterback that I drafted doesn't have a super favorable matchup in week one. Trey Lance does remain questionable uh, for those of you that missed the news. Uh, He has like a broken bone in his finger, which isn't expected to miss a lot of time. It doesn't sound like it's a severe fracture. But we don't even know that he's going to suit up. Uh, If he does, maybe this is a little bit of a fade, but still can't expect him to be super involved. They are facing the Detroit Lions, who led the league in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, 24 fantasy points per game, led the league in passing touchdowns allowed, ranked third in passing yards allowed, third in yards after the catch, which we know is the Kyle Shanahan special. 
Um, they haven't done anything really to shore up that secondary. Jeff Akuda last year uh, ranked fifth lowest in defensive grade among cornerbacks who played at least 400 snaps last season. Had dead last grade in coverage. Worst coverage grade in the NFL. Um, I'm going to take my shot that Kyle Shanahan is just going to trounce all over these Detroit Lions. Yeah, and, you know, he he has Kittle and Ayuk and Devo Samuel. They're all finally healthy and Raheem Moster. Maybe they can make it through one week of being healthy, but I love the start this week um, if you need someone kind of sneaky. Jake, would you throw in Jimmy Garoppolo in a starting lineup? Would you dare? I mean, just out of my stubbornness and my love for Trey Lance, it would be hard to do it. But no, if you're going to, obviously, this is the only time you can really bank on him. So I'd be comfortable with it. All right. Let's move on to running backs. We'll each name our favorite scrumptious start at running back for this week. Jake, we kind of hit on him in the news, but let discuss your scrumptious start at running back. Yeah, we sure did hit on this guy. Now I'm going to hit on him just a little bit more. That sounded weird, but I'm going to go with it anyways. <laughs> it is Gus Edwards who gets to play against the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, look, the Raiders have a terrible defensive line that is just getting worse now. They just released their third round pick linebacker from last year who didn't even really get to play. Uh, that, that whole unit is kind of in shambles. They are ranked very poorly by PFF's DF, uh, defensive line rankings, 26th overall. That's, that's not a good vote of confidence for them. Uh, Baltimore was the stingiest defense in scoring in the NFL last year, meaning it's going to be tough for uh, the Raiders to keep up, quite frankly. And so that's going to be a lot of Gus Edwards' time running down that clock, and I am here for it. Oh, I absolutely love this pick. I have a Fire and Ice article coming out tomorrow that'll drop in the morning, and Gus Edwards... Uh... You know, I'm kind of, spoiler alert here, he is my fire start of the week at running back. I, I love him Woo. this week. Another guy that I was, uh, you know, I was going back and forth with Gus Edwards or him is James Robinson versus the Texans. This is my uh, favorite start of the week at running back. He was a beast last year for fantasy, right? Like we already know he's very good for fantasy, but then they dropped a Travis Etienne in the first round and we're like, ugh, we don't know how this is going to play out. Well, now Travis Etienne is out for the year and James Robinson should be fed yet again. The Texans gave up the second most fantasy points to the running back position last year, only behind Lions by 0.7 points per game. Um, you know, there's really no reason to throw a ton in this game. You have a rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, in his first NFL start. I don't expect Tyrod Taylor for the Texans to score a lot of points or run up this game at all. Like, this should be a game that they can run a ton. James Robinson should have a ton of volume. And I just think he's a really, really safe play this week. Maybe not the highest ceiling play, but you know, if it, those will come down to touchdowns at that point if he scores a ton. But I just think he's such a safe play this week, and I, I'm all for it. Kate, who is your scrumptious start at running back? All right, I'm going for the deadly, the deadly RB QB attack, which is not the, the smartest thing. It's to do. not usually the smartest thing to do, but uh, this speaks to my confidence in just the San Francisco 49ers. It speaks even more to uh, my lack of belief in the Detroit Lions defense. Um, I'm going with Raheem Mostert running back of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not afraid 
I am not afraid. Uh, Raheem Mostert, he is finally healthy. I know all of the hype this offseason has been with Trey Sermon, but I mean, it, let's look again. The the defense here with the Detroit Lions was so bad last year. Led all uh, NFL teams in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. They allowed a score on 47.9% of offensive drives. Uh, that is the third highest rate. They ranked fifth in missed tackles. Um, and just looking at Raheem Mostert in general, um, he's a very high upside guy when healthy. Um, looking at his splits, when he's faced a bottom 10 defense and had more than six rushing attempts, I set the bar very low there. Um, any game that he's done that, he's averaged 13.5 PPR points a game. Um, I just think he's he's got a relatively safe floor against this defense, but he's also got just to the moon upside. Yeah, you only need him to break off one play, and then he's a good start. And that's what Raheem Oster can do because he's the fastest player in the NFL. So he can break off anyone. Against and- the fi- a team with the fifth most missed tackles yeah, last year it, hard to oh this should Woo. be an ugly game um but really pretty on one side of the ball really ugly on the other side of the <laughs> ball all right we're, we're getting through these wide receiver now uh jake who is your favorite scrumptious start at wide receiver this week it's a weird one for me because i came into the season not being the biggest admirer of mr adam thielen but for week one i'm gonna put that aside and I'm going to say, get him into your lineups. Not only is, of course, uh, Irv Smith out for the season, Chris Herndon is their tight end transfer over from the Jets, who was just getting himself worked in. Even if he'd been working himself in for the last 20 weeks, I wouldn't be that afraid of him. So it is going to be the three-piece. It's going to be Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook. On the Bengals' side, Trey Waynes, their cornerback, is out. That means Eli Apple has to start for them. That is oh. bad. That is bad bad for that team. That is good for you and fantasy for Adam Thielen, who should be uh, dominating this game. I think, you know, he's a touchdown guy, and this could easily be that two-touchdown game for you. And even if he doesn't get that, I'm very comfortable with the yardage he's he's probably going to rack up. Yeah, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen can have a really nice week. I mean, they can do that any given week, but this should be a matchup that's really nice. So... I'm definitely with you there. If you drafted him, he should be in your lineup, and you should feel really good about it. He should score a lot of points. Uh, I guess apparently we're obsessed with the 49ers this week because I my scrumptious story at wide receiver is another 49er. It's Brandon Ayuk. Start all of your yeah. 49ers. So there. to go with your Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I went with Brandon Ayuk. I, I also think Debo Samuel can be a nice start this week, but um, I think Ayuk's the more superior all-around wide receiver and not just kind of that gadget-type player. So Brandon Ayuk. I mean, was a monster last year in the second half of the season. Scored 17 or more fantasy points in six of the final seven games of 2020. Averaged nearly 11 targets per game uh, in weeks 8 through 17, which is a whole half of the season, guys. Weeks 8 through 17 averaged 11 targets per game, which was tied for the second most among wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, Yeah, we have yet to see him, like, play many games with Devo Samuel, with George Kittle. So yes, that could hurt him. His targets may come down, but I expect his efficiency to go up. 
He's not playing with Nick Mullins anymore. He has Jimmy Garoppolo. And defenses now have to focus on anyone else but him. So there should be more scoring opportunities, better efficiency. Kate's already brought up everything you need to know about that Lions defense. They're terrible. They allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers last year. Like, there's points that go around to Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and Moster and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it should be a really nice day on offense for the 49ers. Uh, and I want a piece of it. So I want Brandon Ayuk. Love it. I love it. I'm going to start Debo uh, just to be that guy because we have our long-going saga about who is better, Debo or Ayuk. But I, I love it for all of them. I do think, like, when it comes to looking at the receiving options here, I'm more comfortable, I think, starting Jimmy Garoppolo than I am any of these wide receivers just because of the fact that I think they could go really honestly anyway. Like, I think Raheem Mostert uh, is probably set to see – the bulk of the work uh, in terms of the rushing upside, but I feel like they could just distribute targets in a very random manner. Um, like Debo Samuel, he could technically come out and be the guy. Um, but all of that funnels essentially through Jimmy Garoppolo, which I like. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Kate, who is your scrumptious start at wide receiver this week? All right, I'm going for a Thursday night football special. Hopefully you are listening to this before Thursday night football. I'm going with Antonio Brown against the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to look real stupid if someone's listening to this Friday and Antonio Brown sucked, you know? You know, I actually (laughs) feel I, I do this from time to time. And I feel like I usually get pretty lucky with my Thursday night football takes, which means this will tank, probably avoid Antonio Brown at all costs. (laughs) But that's okay. Looking back to what he accomplished last season, um, super, super impressive. He played eight games after returning from suspension. And if you guys remember, he only played one game in 2019. So he has had very limited actual prep with an NFL roster, um, you know, before last season. Uh, He did get banged up at the end of last year. So just within the regular season, Averaged 14.8 PPR points per game. Uh, out of nine games played in the last two seasons, uh, he's he's just he's a fantastic player. Bruce Arians has come out to say that he's looking like the Antonio Brown of uh, four years ago. Uh, he looks like he's in his prime. We know he's a freak uh, in terms of his work ethic, uh, but there were only two games in that eight-game span where he had fewer than 10 fantasy points last season and that was just like coming off of his couch and I I think I have to imagine that he's going to be the focal point we know how much Tom Brady likes to target Antonio Brown we know he has very high upside and they're getting a matchup against the Cowboys secondary which is atrocious allowed a league high 27 uh, passing touchdowns last season I have to imagine that if Tom Brady's looking to uh to throw it in the end zone that he is going to be looking Antonio Brown's way. Yeah, I don't mind playing Antonio Brown in the flex spot. Hopefully you drafted, you but know, not in the well flex enough spot. that you don't need to play him like he was a later enough player. Um but yeah, I, I'm okay playing him at, not in my flex spot, in my wide receiver two spot cuz get your guys out of the flex. I'm sure 1 million people have told you that by now. Don't play don't play players in your flex spot on Thursday night football. Make sure you have that flexibility uh, for the rest of your weekend. All right, tight ends. Jake, 
you know, tight ends are never fun to talk about. Your tight end looks really not uh, fun to talk about. Uh, tell us how this guy can possibly be your scrumptious start of the week. Uh, I choose pass. Can we choose <laughs> pass for this particular position? Uh, I'm going to go with somebody again who I never thought I'd find myself uh, putting into this scenario, but Mike Gesicki. Uh, I'm a noted Mike Gesicki Blah. hater, uh, have been during this offseason. But week one, if there's a time for him to actually make his money for you, it should be week one. Even though he's playing the Patriots, it's not the best matchup on paper. What he has going for him is just availability in that offense. Uh, Adam Shaheen on the COVID list. Will Fuller is out week one. Uh, Jalen Waddle just getting his feet wet. Uh, he is literally waddling through the shallow waters of that Miami offense to, to he start had a foot here. Injury, so, so maybe, like, can we work that in? Jalen Waddle is waddling because of his <laughs> foot injury back into yeah. the the offensive scheme. Did I do that it too? Really? I think you did it. I think we'll, <laughs> we're going to count it at least. But it really is. It's it's Miles Gaskin and Mike Gesicki basically. Uh, I, I know Devontae Parker is there. I understand. But he, he should be there to take some of the pressure off. That's really my only hope and role for him this week. So if you got to start somebody that's not one of those big top juicy four at tight end, might as well be Gesicki. All right. Mine's not pretty either. I mean... It's Dallas Goddard slash Zach Ertz, right? Like, if you drafted Dallas Goddard, you're playing him, so that's kind of an easier one. Uh, but you're not always confident playing him to your lineup, that's for sure. But I also think you can start Zach Ertz this week as well against that Falcons defense. Um, I already brought up Jalen Hurts, you know, every episode I bring him up, but I already brought him up earlier as well. You know I love him. You know I think he's going to be great. And then I already brought up the Falcons and how they just – suck and their secondary is really really bad uh, but they're also very bad at covering tight ends they allowed the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends last year I mean they allowed Robert Tunyon to have 98 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns one game Dalton Schultz had 88 receiving yards against them Travis Kelsey he's amazing he does this every game but 98 receiving yards and a touchdown Jimmy Graham had 60 receiving yards and two touchdowns Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski put up over um, 115 receiving yards together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you can play them both, and they should get into the end zone, at least one of them. I, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Goddard has more receiving yards and Ertz has the touchdowns. But, yeah, I, I would be fine plugging in either one and just going for it if you don't have one of the top tight ends to plug in this week. Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week? All right, I'm doing a throwback here. I'm going with Tyler Higby, baby. Oh, this one haunts me from last year with how high we were. It's Everybody, like, it makes me so nervous. I know, um, but I'm ready to get hurt again. So just hear me out on this one. I mean, obviously, the Bears are a very challenging defense, but really their only liability last season uh, from a defensive standpoint for fantasy uh, was to the tight end position. They allowed the second most fantasy points to the tight end. Uh, just generally week to week, the only poor performances you really saw were teams that didn't heavily utilize their tight ends. Um, TJ Hawkinson, 14 points. Uh, 18 points to Robert Tanyan. You know, there, any team that essentially utilized the tight end position, which we do know that, that Matthew Stafford does, they generally allowed 10 plus points 
to that tight end, uh, usually around D yards and a touchdown, which I'm going to take that all day. I'm very excited for Tyler Higby to get that upgraded quarterback, but I'm even more excited because we know that quarterback does utilize the tight end. Uh, and we know Gerald Everett is out of town. I think this is a great, great situation. They're going to be able to use Tyler Higby to move the chains. I think he's a fantastic PPR option, especially this year, year, week, all of those things. So these are all the guys that we're super excited to watch this week. And we think we'll put up big weeks, but you know, everyone can have a big week. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing which as we all know is completely ridiculous. There are going to be some big names that really make us sad in week one and hurt our lineups. And, and we're gonna talk about those guys. Like we're gonna talk about our biggest fades of the week right now. And we're not going to be just giving out easy names that obviously will, are very likely to fade. No, we're getting a little ballsy here. And these are guys that you're going to want to put in your lineup. And maybe you have to, uh, but just be cautious that they might struggle and don't get too upset with yourself. You know, it was a hard matchup. So Jake, who is your first guy that you're fading? My first offensive fade for week one might as well just be called the Chicago Bears, but I'm going to hone in on just Allen Robinson for this. Uh, Allen Robinson has the unfortunate reality of having to face Jalen Ramsey in week one. It has not gone super well for him in the past. So over the last couple of games that he's played, uh, he had just four targets against him. That's that's so bad. And how and many he's games? averaged in just two. Okay. And that was an average. This was an average. Yeah. Okay. But his line was an average. Um, actually, not an average. Just his straight up lines against Jalen Ramsey the last two times. Four receptions for 70 yards, zero touchdowns. That's okay. That'll that'll get you through the week. But his second one, four receptions for 15 yards and zero touchdowns. Ooh. That's what scares me. And that's a reality with Andy Dalton at the quarterback position there is uh, which of those do you think is closer to uh, <laughs> being a reality this week? And I think it's the second one. So I don't want any of that. I'm sure that you don't have a ton of better options. So you might be forced to play him, but just don't expect the world. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of starting Allen Robinson this week. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty week for him. I do think his ceiling is super low. Like, I maybe he can have that four reception, 70 receiving yard game, like you said, and get you 11 points in PPR. Uh, and you'll be okay with that. Like, it's not going to kill you, uh, but it's not really a guy that's going to win you a week. Uh, and if you're plugging him in as a wide receiver one, which some people might be doing, like you're going to have to put higher ceiling options in those flex spots or as your wide receiver two um, to make up for those points that you're not getting from Allen Robinson. So I completely agree with you there. Um, my guy is someone that's going to be really hard to sit because you dropped him early and it's in a, a spot that's not easy to find a replacement. And that's TJ Hawkinson versus the 49ers. And it's not, it's not like just fade him. Like I would have a really, really, really hard time playing him this week. The 49ers have the best coverage linebacker in the NFL in Fred Warner. They just paid him big money too. So he has a lot of motivation there. Uh, and because of Fred Warner, the 49ers allowed the fewest receptions and receiving yards to tight ends last season by a good chunk and only four receiving touchdowns all season long 
to tight ends. If Hawkinson's going to have an okay week this week, it's going to have to come in the end zone. He's going to have to get a touchdown. So maybe that happens and he's all right, but I don't expect him to have very many receptions or uh, receiving yards because Fred Warner will be covering him. This is just a really hard matchup. And you might say, well, Hawkinson's the only one out there that they have to pass to because there's no wide receivers and DeAndre Swift is still banged up. Uh, So maybe he's not out there as much getting targets. But then you have to also think, well, this is the only guy that the 49ers need to focus on stopping. Like, I absolutely hate this matchup. And Hawkinson's still recovering from a shoulder injury also. Like, he's not even fully healthy. Uh, I want to start anyone else over him. Like I I would start Tyler Higby over him for sure. And I am doing that in one league. I have them both in a dynasty and I'm starting Tyler Higby over TJ Hawkinson. I just really want no part of him this week. This is just insulting to Tyrell Williams that they don't even have to worry about him, Michelle. They don't even have to worry. (laughs) I don't even think he's healthy either. This team has nobody. (laughs) This team is like, I, I, I know earlier in the season I talked about Jared Goff and his potential as a quarterback one. I do think the volume's still going to be there, but seriously, he's going to have to catch the ball himself at this point. Like, who is he going to to pass to? I don't know. Um, Jamal Williams, a hundred yard game. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> I I do. I like that. Um, I I think that that's that's where we should place our money this week. All right, Not who, on TJ. Who are you fading this week, Kate? Also, that hurt, Michelle, fading TJ Hawkinson. I'm sick of you bullying me with TJ Hawkinson. Listen, if you had a good matchup, I would say to, you know, go all in on him, but this is a terrible one. All right, I'm fading David Montgomery as uh, pure revenge for you fading my boy, TJ Hawkinson. So take that, Michelle. Um, Looking back to 2020, obviously, David Montgomery played phenomenally well. But I do want to point out the splits uh, in terms of matchups. I've talked about it before. Uh, When he played against poor defenses, when he played against bottom 12 rushing defenses, averaged 23.5 fantasy points per game. Any other matchups, uh, that was nine other games, averaged 13.98, so essentially 14 points per game. Still not bad. But this time he is going to be facing the Rams defense, which I do not like. They allowed just 17 fantasy points per game to the running back position overall in the 2020 season. Average 0.5 rushing touchdowns per game. Just not not a lot of upside for me this week. I can't imagine uh, getting ready to plug him into my lineup Uh, week one especially with Andy Dalton under center I don't think this is going to be a very high-powered offense uh, against this defense yeah I I would have trouble playing him as well I mean if you have to you have to but it's definitely a a low ceiling play I'm not excited I I really like David Montgomery this season like I'm excited for him but this matchup no I I don't I don't like it I don't like it at all he's still probably going to touch the ball um you know 15 times if 20 times yeah I mean if the Bears can stay in it at all with Andy Dalton yeah we'll, we'll see uh, I, I expect there to be no holes at all for David Montgomery to run through, even if he touches the ball. We saw Ezekiel Elliott die once Andy Dalton had to come into the game instead of Dak Prescott. Wah, wah. Uh, he just did nothing. Jake, who's your second fade of the week? 
Second fade is going to be Mr. Joshua Jacobs, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, who is dealing with some injuries already himself. So he's not even a lock to play this week. Uh, he has not been at practice. He's expected to be back on Thursday. If he plays, I am still not willing to start him. Like, I am that point. I, I'm not oh, even not saying even temper willing. expectations. Not, wow. No, because I'm terrified he's going to go out there and play, you know, 10% of snaps and then just be a complete bust. So I'm, I'm scouring for any other options here. Maybe some of the folks we mentioned earlier on. Raiders graded out to have the 26th ranked offensive line by PFF entering the year. I already talked about how the Ravens have been the stingiest defense in the NFL. They're going to be playing from behind. It's going to have to be Derek Carr airing it out. Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber are there, and they'll be fine if they have to be. So it's not a situation where the Raiders are going to feel like they have to play Josh Jacobs. All of that scares me. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't know about fully making sure you 100% sit him because, you know, Josh Jacobs does get a lot of volume, but that, that defense is rough as well. So I am fine sitting him and just seeing how it goes. But that might be a hard thing to do since you dropped him in like the fourth round. You, you might have to play him there. Uh, so let me ask you real quick before I get into mine, Tevin Coleman or Josh Jacobs? Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I Can guess you believe we're Josh asking Jacobs. This in week one, week one. No, we shouldn't have to be doing this already. Yeah, I guess Jacobs by default. All right. Uh, my fate of the week is Mike Davis versus the Eagles. I may have just called, I should have just called this the Falcons versus Eagles podcast because there's so many matchups in here. That and the 49ers in uh, Detroit. Uh, apparently, those are the two games with all good or very bad matchups. Uh, but Mike Davis versus the Eagles. Hey, guys, I'm just not a big Mike Davis fan in general, right? But I, I really don't like this matchup, and I think some people are going to think it's a good one, but the Eagles were actually surprisingly stingy against running backs last year. They allowed just 3.7 yards per carry to the running back position, which was the second best in the NFL, behind only the Buccaneers, who we never want to start running backs against. We're always like, Ugh, we're worried about Ezekiel Elliott this week. But with the Eagles, we're just like, oh, yeah, you can play Mike Davis against them. Like, uh, No, their defensive line is actually really good. And I do expect this game to be a, a shootout, right? Uh, maybe Matt Ryan and company struggle a little bit without Julio Jones. And I do think the Eagles defense is better um, than people give them credit for. But I still expect this to be a big shootout on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Mike Davis got almost all of his points. Now, I shouldn't say almost all of his points, but got so many of his points through the air last year. Davis only had 98 fantasy points. Uh, from carries, from actually rushing attempts last year. 108 of his points came through the air. Uh, you know, he was trying to fill that CMC role. He did it okay for fantasy. He was not good in actual real life, as an actual real life football player out on that field. And no running back had more than 35 targets for the Falcons. And we know new head coach, Arthur Smith, is not known for using his running backs in the passing game. Yeah, you know, like Derrick Henry, anybody? Like, it's not like he's like always using his running backs in that way. I, he's going to have to get a touchdown. He's going to have to be right near the goal line to get this touchdown. Could it happen? For sure. It could. I'm fading him. I'm not saying you have to 100% sit him. I'm just fading him. I don't expect him to do much this week. Mike Davis or Josh Jacobs, Jake? Josh Sadly, I would go with I would go with Mike Davis here uh, only because of that touchdown upside and the fact that he's going to be on the field presumably the whole game. 
Yeah. Kate, who would you play, Mike Davis or Josh Jacobs? Oh, Mike Davis. I know. You know what? I probably (laughs) would as well, uh, but I don't feel good about it. David Montgomery or Mike Davis? Oh, Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. I I just trust them to run the ball uh, a little bit more than I do the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons, like, if they can't get it going with Mike Davis, uh, I screw it. Throw it out the window. Uh, Let's start throwing to Kyle Pitts. Boom. All right, Kate, who's your last fade? All right, I am fading the entire Patriots backfield. I know there's been so much hype recently about Damian Harris. Once Sony Michelle was traded to the Rams, I feel like everybody got very excited because there might be a concentration of touches. And I'm not, not feeling it against this Miami defense at all. I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. But looking at what they did last year, so they gave up the 10th fewest fantasy points to the running back position. But when you look at who was actually productive for fantasy football last season against him, they allowed only three running backs to have more than 15 fantasy points throughout the entire season. Um, And all of those came from two touchdown performances, uh, which I'm I'm not trusting Bill Belichick at all to funnel all end zone touches to one specific running back. I do think we have to worry a little bit about James White and his utilization as a receiver. Damian Harris talked about his lack of usage in the receiving game before. There's just so many different things that I'm fading between the scoring potential and and all of this that I just don't want a single Patriots running back. Does one of them have a chance to find the end zone? Yeah, but... um, just not not loving that defensive matchup and I expect those touches to to be going around with Stevenson being injured he dislocated his thumb like if he were to miss the game I'd feel okay playing Damian Harris expecting him to get the goal line carries because you know it's not going to be James White James White and PPR is kind of interesting with Mac Jones but yeah it's not it's not a great it does, it's not a great play it sounds like they do plan for Ramondre Stevenson to be active and if you guys were paying attention to Ramondre Stevenson throughout the preseason, you did see he had a bit of a a bit of a nose for the end zone, if you will. It'll probably be the fullback that uh, steals the goal line work, anyways. Hundred uh, percent, and at least one of them. So yeah, probably stay away this week. All right, those are our scrumptious plays and our fades of the week. Uh, should we bring on our celebrity guest? Let's do it. I think we can do it. Jake, we have to uh, to give you some props here. You got us one heck of a guest. Everybody, we would like to welcome to the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, Morgan Freeman, who's here to give you fantasy football advice. Welcome to the show, Morgan Freeman. Oh, thank you. That's too kind. We hear you're a bit of a fantasy football aficionado, so we encourage some of our listeners here at Ball Blast Football to Give us a call, leave us a voicemail so you could answer their fantasy football questions. Are you ready for that? Are you are you down to give some fantasy football advice? I I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. You've got mail. Hey, you bunch of ball blasters. This is Craig, and I just have a question for you. Big fan of the pod, by the way. Can you shy away from rookies in the middle of the draft? This year seems extremely volatile with Jamar Chase, Trey Sermon, Trevor Lawrence. There's a whole rash of rookies that just scare me 
and I'm leaning towards their more veteran counterparts. Tell me what you think. Well, it's certainly an interesting question. I sometimes have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. And I think that applies absolutely to these rookies. And there's a beautiful bird by the name of Najee Harris that should be in your starting lineups regardless. And some of these other rookie receivers, within a couple of games' time, should prove themselves very worthy of your trust. Wow, that's fantastic advice. Um, I am, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you might not know that, Sir Morgan Freeman, but huge Pittsburgh fan here. I do think Najee Harris is going to knock it out of the park, going to get lots of touches. What do you think about this next question? We've got one more for you before we let you escape from today's show. Hey, Ball Blast crew. This is Kevin S. at FFGrounder on Twitter. Real quick, I had a question about a running back. For the first four rounds of my draft, through no fault of my own, 0 RB. But in the fifth round, Daryl Henderson was still there, so I picked him up. How do you guys feel now that Sonny Michelle is a part of that team? He's an outlook. I mean, can we do RB2 numbers every week? Thanks a lot, you guys. You rock. Ah, yes. The age-old question. Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle? I think if you're a reasonable person, you've already decided the answer to this long before I started talking. His name is Daryl Henderson. His ability is amazing. He has everything that you could want and none of the things that you don't. It's easy. Start Daryl Henderson. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. We hope to welcome you back very soon. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for getting this amazing guest. What did you think about Morgan Freeman's advice? I thought it was all right. I mean, it was, special. It was, it, was, it was okay. He owed me a favor, and I feel like he kind of fell short on it, to be honest. But, you know, you get what you pay for with that guy. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he doesn't know very much about fantasy. Yeah, maybe we'll get a better celebrity <laughs> guest next time. I don't know, maybe a Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I don't know if he is. Oh, I heard he's real big in the fantasy. Yes, I think uh, he could be really good. Maybe an O.J. Simpson, who is also is a that big, appropriate? Who is a big? He's a big fantasy guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, let me be honest. I I don't know O.J. Simpson, and I want to make that clear right here on this podcast. <laughs> That is All that right. is fair. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. And once again, thank you, Morgan. That for... was amazing. Okay, we just did our week one show, <sighs> which is crazy. The next time we talk to you, we're going to have so many answers. Yes, it's just week one, but we're going to find out so much information. Yeah, so many games. It's going to be so exciting. Good luck in week one, everybody. Don't worry if you want more questions answered or you want more fantasy advice before week one. We have more for you to, uh, on right before Thursday Night Football. K.I. and Victoria Geary will be doing a live stream called Ball Blast Ladies Night Out. We will be doing that every Thursday right before Thursday Night Football, 7.30 Eastern Time. If you do listen to this before Please come join us. Bring a drink. We're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, which players we're excited for in that game, who we're fading. Um, and then we'll get into some start-sit advice, too, um, if you have any questions for the week. And then on Sunday morning before kickoff, we'll you know we'll have some people on Ball Blast answering start-sit advice as well. So, so much time before week one. Don't forget to check out my Fire and Ice article as well. That will be... Um, posting on Thursday morning. 
I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BobLastM, BobLastEM. And I'm Kate. You can follow me at FFBobLast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Good luck. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice. Boy, if I had a nickel for some time. We said it. I feel like that's going to be so good. <laughs> uh.